It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Scott. How's it going? It's good. It's good. We've we've been What's really been the best lucky. part of your day? The best part of my day? Yeah. Well... That I'm recording our podcast. Oh, cool. Well, it is like early still. Yeah. I mean, I've had some good parts of my day. No offense to anybody else I've done anything with this morning, but right. I just, I love only to record the podcast. It's great. What were you getting ready to say before I so really cut you off? Oh, I was going to say, you know, the last few weeks when we've recorded the podcast, we've been really lucky to be able to have people in studio with us and yeah. some of our guests join studio in the offices, the studio, yeah, the soccer religious headquarters in the studio right. with us at uh, the all set for Sunday podcast studio. And, but this week we don't, our guest is virtual with us, but I'm excited about our, new, our guest because awesome. it's somebody new. Our, yeah. Our new guest, uh, father, father Charles, where are you, where are you at father? Hi, I'm in tell, St. Tell Louis, me a little Missouri. Bit. I, I need more information. Father, Father Charles Sampson from St. Louis, Missouri, at a seminary uh, with with uh, with blue skies, I see. Yes, it's a beautiful day here, about 70 degrees. I'm at Kendrick Glennon Seminary. I teach all of the New Testament classes to the men in formation for the priesthood. And I also lead our transitional deacons to the Holy Land every Christmas for a class on biblical archaeology. Tough gig to have to Tough go to gig. the Holy Land. Every, you have to go to the Holy Land every year. Yeah, who did you every have to year. Who'd you have to fight to get that job? Yeah. Thanks for carrying the cross. I won. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I think is very obvious here, but uh, other people may not with all they can't see, but you, you're very young. Mm-hmm. How, like I, when I hear old Testament professor or new Testament professor, I don't think of like a very young priest. I think of like the old haggard priest that we like father Christian or something like that like, um, ancients of days yes uh but how how did that how did you go along this path of sem like you have to be fresh out of seminary or relatively fresh relatively you know last summer i went to a parish to fill in for mass and the permanent deacon asked what size of altar boy alb i wear and i was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> already a priest i'm i'm 35 years old i've been ordained for eight years um I lived in Rome for about nine years doing biblical studies for a bachelor, then a license, and just finished a doctorate. So that's how I got involved in seminary teaching was because of studies that I did. I guess my bishop saw that I had a proclivity for dead languages, so they said, fine, send them to scripture. So I did, and now I'm back teaching. <laughs> a proclivity for dead languages. I don't know if that's how any of my professors ever would have described me, but... <laughs> I think they just said take your passing grade and get out um well <laughs> we yeah i'm i'm also excited i think we i know for a fact we do have something in common father um because you 
we reached out to you and invited you to be on the podcast because you were recommended to us by Father Patrick Hyde, friend of the yes. podcast, Twitter Twitter famous priest, Father Patrick Hyde. He's also <laughs> our our in-house sock chaplain here at Sock Religious. Uh, he calls himself the Sock Father. Yes. Um, the unofficial. Oh my official. goodness. Yeah, unofficial official just behind us here in the video. He celebrated mass for us a couple weeks ago. Like it's pretty awesome. Oh. He's a good friend of ours. But he's a good um, priest. I. I this week had the the gift of being able to speak at a Theology on Tap program for Hoosier Catholic and Father Patrick. So what nice. I know the two of us have in common is we've both been volunteered by Father Patrick to, to come <laughs> to something that we know nothing about, but we just kind of blindly said yes to because he's that's, a pretty good dude. So. That's basically how the church works, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Priests do like to delegate, so amen. It's part of our moonness of governance, delegation, that's key. All right, Jeff, do you want to uh, delegate us through the, the – I'm going to delegate this two-minute drill to you today. There it is. There, we go. there it is. You, you were struggling for a minute, but that was a good one. <laughs> All right, uh, two-minute drill. We are in the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Um, and we start off with the first reading from Isaiah today. Um, Isaiah is – sorry, I'm having trouble pulling up my readings all of a sudden. Um, That's okay. We'll just edit that out. Yeah. No, we won't. <laughs> well, anyway, shocking. 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. First reading is from Isaiah. Isaiah starts off by saying, open my ears. And I always love a reading that starts off with a reminder that I just really need in my life. Like that good, like, slap. <laughs> what, what a way to start Sunday Mass and the readings as everybody's settling down with just the phrase, open my ears. And everybody being reminded, oh, maybe I should do that as well. Um, and basically, I see Isaiah in here. I like this Isaiah. He's like, listen. Bring it on. They could pick on me, harass me, bug me, do whatever it is you need to do to me. But God's my help. God is my help. And Isaiah says in here that his face is like a flint. He sets his face like a flint. And I love that idea of like, go ahead and you slap me all you want. Beat on me all you want. I'm just going to create sparks. Like I'm here. I ain't going anywhere. I'm doing this. So um, our response to our psalm then this week is, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I like that specific addition there of in the land of the living, just letting people know. Or, or what's God? Or Alleluia. Alleluia. If you so choose. <laughs> if you so choose, the Alleluia is there. Um, second reading then, uh, our second reading comes from, uh, what, what book? Book of James again. Oh, James I should have known this. Two. I've been a big fan of James this week or this uh, last month or so. But it comes from uh, James. And James starts talking about this idea of, just the shock and awe of like faith, but no works. Like you're telling me you think you can have faith, but no works. He says, child, please, you cannot do that. <laughs> uh, he says, and, and at the end of this, he says to somebody, I'll challenge you this. If you can sh say to me that you have faith with no works, you show me your faith with no works and I will show you my faith through my works. And I'm a real big fan that uh, he says, that's all I, I'm, I've got to do. I will show you my faith from my works. It's a nice mic drop moment. Um, and James has a lot of those. I've really been enjoying that the last few weeks that he can just drop the mic and walk away. Yeah. And then our gospel uh, comes from Mark chapter eight. In the gospel, it says Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still, no, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them 
that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and looked at his disciples, rebuked Peter, and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. But Father Sampson, did Jeff get anything wrong? Any heresy that we need to correct? Any? I think he did a great job. Maybe just the pronunciation of Caesarea Philippi, but hey, pronunciation. I've been getting killed in pronunciations the last few weeks. <laughs> That's okay. You'll you'll get better, Jeff. Now, now, Father Sampson, do you do you go to a parish and fill uh, in, or do you have a parish that you go to every Sunday that you're assigned to? How how does that work yes, for you? Yes, I live at the old cathedral, the Basilica of St. Louis the King, right underneath the arch on the Mississippi River. So I live there. Oh, and wow. You, yeah. You've just had all, all these issues with these terrible assignments and these difficult <laughs> difficult crosses to Poor carry. Poor you. <laughs> Poor baby. I know, I know. Having to live. So, right. I live there and I help out. We have a noon mass every day. We have confessions at 1130 and then noon mass. So a lot of people who work downtown come during their lunch break. So that's kind of nice. my apostolate down there is to give a quick mass with a quick homily for people in their way or on their way from lunch. And it's great. I absolutely love it. And you Listen. do that on Sundays as well? On Sundays, yeah. I have two or three of the masses at the parish. We usually we have evening masses all the time on the weekends for those who need to come late. And yeah, that's it's a good ministry. We have a lot of young adults who come downtown as well. We've been getting them involved in in the in singing and choirs and trying to mobilize that population as well. So life is good. I was going to say, if your apostle is quick masses and quick homilies, I'm sure there are areas for potential growth around this country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, what do you uh, what do you think about preaching for this weekend? This weekend, I think that probably I will focus on the image of the way. It says in the gospel okay. that uh, while Jesus was on the way. He talked with his disciples. The middle segment of Mark's gospel, chapter 8 to chapter 10, has been called the way section because the Greek word hodos, where we get odometer from, re recurs oh, yes. in every, almost every passage. So, Wait, Which we, what from? Odometer. You say odometer? Yes. Hodos, odometer. Yes. <laughs> I love when we have professor. Uh, it's, so, it's so fast that you're just over our heads. I oh, love funny. it. Keep teaching. Well, brother. The reason why this is a good image, because it was used as a metaphor for discipleship, one's progress in the life of faith. So that's why, like, Pope uh, Francis will always talk about the Il Camino, he talks about the way or the journey. So I probably will ask my congregation, where are you on your faith journey? Do you want to be a little further than you're at right now? What, how can you grow in that way of discipleship? So I'll probably look at that. So I'm going to ask a dumb question early out of yes, the segment please. because it's about this. But so the second reading comes from James, yes. the book of James. Is that St. James? Like as we know St. James? It is. So you're talking about the way, but you're talking about Mark's gospel in the way. But I feel like the way or Il Camino, oh, I see what you mean. when people think of 
that they think of the way of St. James, the Camino yeah. de Santiago. That's where my mind that's went. Yeah, that, I was thinking the same thing. There's a, but that's there's like, a big debate about who, which James is which. There are potentially four different James that were in play at the time of Jesus' death. One of them, James the Lesser, became the first bishop of Jerusalem. But then James the Greater made his way all the way to Spain and the pilgrimage route. So it's who are the other four? Who are the other two in the middle? The other two would be James the son of Alpheus is is the third. And then the fourth nobody really agrees on. They think it's a it's a random James that's mentioned. They think it could be the writer of the epistle. No one knows. I'm going with that okay. one. Going for the underdog James. <laughs> the underdog James. <laughs> now I've also heard in some uh Protestant uh churches they'll refer to James as James the brother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Does that sound is and where where as Catholics, where do we fall on that idea? Because that obviously doesn't right. mesh with what yeah, we Yeah, we know. believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary. So the word for brother in Hebrew, Av, or even in Greek, Adolphos, those words are used in the Old Testament to describe an uncle, a cousin, a grandson, a nephew. That word has a semantic range. So when it says James, the brother of Jesus, it probably means cousin. Ah, I like that. Okay, that was good. Sorry, I've derailed you totally so, and completely from your preaching. So here, we, that's what we do on this podcast. So I used to work in youth Ooh. ministry, and part of uh, the my job responsibilities was confirmation, and I would try to like at the beginning of confirmation prep gauge where people are on their journey or why they have uh, you know where are you at, where you want to go, and a common question I'd ask is like, uh, you know, where what is your hope and where is your relationship with Jesus? And everybody's like stock answer is, well, I want to get better. I want to, I want a a better relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm, I'm here. For example, uh, how do you respond to that stock answer? Well, if it was youth ministry, I'd probably make a pun with the Mandalorian and say, this is the way of some sort, make sure (laughs) they slip that in big star Wars fan. But I would actually just take the question of Jesus to Peter and the disciples, who do you say I am? I would, I actually, I do this with all of my marriage prep couples that when we come to the category of the inventory on Catholic identity, I ask them, if you had to tell someone who didn't know Jesus, who he is, what would you say to them? Who is he? Who is he to you? Give me a role. Give me a description. Give me something. Who is he to you? And it, it, well, what's your answer, Father? Yeah, I was going to say, this is actually a we're hitting it again early, but I wrote down for my dumb questions. Who do you say ah, that Jesus well, good. is Father? Well, I say that he, I know him to be God and man. I know him to be, for me, close friend and brother as a priest. Brother as a priest. Interesting. And that he, or right, that he is or a surgeon, that he identifies <laughs> with us as, in our weaknesses, but lifts us up to higher grace and makes us sons of his father. So he's savior. Can I tell you my favorite thing about how, what you just said there? I mean, all of those descriptions are wonderful, but I love that you just kept saying, I know him to be this. Mm. I know him mm-hmm. to be this. Like, that's awesome. And that is, it's a confidence we all should have when we talk about Jesus. And we got like, Amen. not, I believe him to be this, or I think he is this, but I know this. I know that he is this in my life. And this is he, who he is to the world. But also, I like that you also then said, this is who he is to yeah. me. Yeah, you're right. Because it has the connotation of reality. Like I know him to be real. 
He didn't just live and die 2,000 years ago. He, I know him to be real now. That's awesome. That is. Yeah. The, I, it, it's really resonating with me because I, I am a person that I just get really frustrated in stagnation. I get really frustrated when I don't feel like I'm making progress on something. And part of the reason that, that drew me to working in ministry when I did was I really enjoyed being on the journey with people. Mm -hmm. I liked walking with them and, and learning about where they are and uh, asking questions. And, and just, I, I think that's, I mean, that's part of evangelization. That's part of who we are as, as, you know, called to be disciples in Christ is just walking along that way with people and, and showing them my own experiences and, and frustrations and troubles and having candid conversations. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, that's just part of the way. Do you, do you feel like, and sometimes I feel like, and I've, I've heard differing opinions on this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Sometimes I feel like we can get into this, uh, analysis paralysis situation when it comes to, uh, faith or the faith journey. And sometimes I feel like God just wants us to do something. Even if it's like in the wrong direction, I feel like trying to get better or trying to do something different, even if we do make a mistake or we do fall, uh, we can get into this perpetual cycle of just over discernment. And I feel like that's a word that's overly used in the yes. church sometimes. Uh, yeah, let's discern what color the paint's going to be for the rectory. Uh, uh, but We're going to take it to prayer. Is that is that totally wrong? Like, no. Is it okay just to make that decision and go? Yeah, I think so. And actually, I would put it in these terms. Pope Francis always talks about accompanying or an accompaniment using an imagery of like the road to Emmaus, that Jesus just went and walked with those two, one of whom was named Cleopas. I think the probably a good way to put it in what you've said is let's talk about suffering. Sometimes we see like in the gospel today, Jesus is talking about the cross and how awful and terrible suffering is. He doesn't hide from it. And yeah. when we are faced with a decision point of, am I going to suffer and, and embrace my cross? Don't overthink it. Sometimes Jesus wants you to per just persevere in it and to pray that he walk right. with you in it. So yeah, I agree. Overthinking it sometimes tends to miss the forest for the trees. Oh, good. I, like oh, to be right. I love that phrase, miss the forest for the trees. I, when I was listening to the, you talking about the way and talk, like I, that my, I used to work in high school ministry and my, my daughter still attends the high school that I worked at and the principal there. He every day shares with, and this is something my daughter hears and she remembers and she talks to me about it a lot, but every day he's on the announcements and he'll go through and do his stuff. And he always ends the announcements by saying, embrace the progressive struggle. Mm. And this idea that like, just because something is a struggle, if we're progressing and we're growing in it and we're making those decisions and we're moving forward, that's okay. Embrace that. Enjoy it. Live in mm -hmm. it. And it's not all about where we're getting to. It's about that progressive struggle uh, to get there and to get to heaven, yeah. really, as well. The idea that, of course, it's tough work. And it's like, we all wish it was easy. But like, nobody embodies that more than Peter, yeah. right? We, we're really getting this, this stretch. The way... Nobody knows how hard the way was more than Peter because all along this section of the gospel, he just keeps like, he'll nail it, right? He nailed it with who is Christ. And then just seconds later, he is Satan. And, <laughs> and there he is. Like it's, he thought he was there. He thought he had gotten it. He just, he finally had had, 
you know, one of his one-liners that actually worked, and then he's being yelled at, get actually, behind me, Satan. On that so, note, I wanted to say there, there is something about Peter that I might touch on this weekend as well. And actually, it has ooh. to do with humility. <clears throat> we think, based on the witness of the church fathers, that Mark got his gospel from Peter, that while, while in prison, before being martyred in Rome, Peter just blabbered everything he could remember, and Mark wrote it all down. And that's why he, uh, he was saying Wait, I had no – I've never heard that. I've never heard that either, but I love this idea of – like, I love that you said blabbered too. Like, this wasn't necessarily him being like, everybody needs to know this, everybody no. here. But just like – Write this down. This is what I love about Peter is him just being like, let me tell you about what I've been right. doing. And I mean, it <laughs> accords with this, the style of the gospel. Every third sentence begins with the Greek word chi, which means and. So it's like, and then, and then, and then, and then. It's Peter's stream of consciousness talking, uh, which is why in present-day Rome, Piazza Venezia, the center of the city with the big, white, ugly building, used to be called Piazza San Marco, because that's where Mark wrote his gospel with Peter in prison. The thing I might talk about with regards to Peter is actually humility versus arrogance. This episode occurs in Matthew 16 in a much fuller way. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against you. Whereas in Mark's gospel, Peter is very reserved. Not a lot of praise, not a lot of extension on Peter. Church fathers think that that was a deliberate move on Peter's part, that he felt so bad about how proud he was in his life that for the rest of his life he sought to humble himself and lower himself especially because of him betraying Jesus. So in Mark's gospel, it says that Jesus, that Peter ran away from betraying Jesus, sobbing uncontrollably. So in a way, this account in Mark in our gospel today shows the, the deference and humility of Peter. So I don't know, I just see arrogance as such a big problem in the church and just in the world these days. So this might be a chance also to take a page from Peter's book and talk about humility. Did you think of that when I decided to say that I like to be right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of arrogance, Scott. Um, yeah. No, I feel like I feel like this conversation could go on for a long time, but my brain is so full. No, this is great. You probably like, unfortunately, Father, you probably just booked yourself for another. Hey, all right. That was I really, like it. That you, that was awesome. Um, you're yeah. one sixth of the way become to becoming a friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes, we, we at some point in time designated six episodes. Well, I will become an active listener. FOT. <laughs> I'll be, you will continue. I will to continue become. to become an active listener. <laughs> continue to become embrace the, <laughs> embrace the progressive struggle that is listening to our podcast. Yeah. Everyone, I feel like uh, I feel like every principal has like a sign off thing that they do. Yeah. on on the announcements is that like part of administ like school administration. It's sign-off day. It's sign-off, like... Father, you'll appreciate that I, Scott, I Scott like... is convinced that seminary is made up of just, like, individual days. Like, oh, did you learn that on baptism day? <laughs> right. Or did you learn that on what color, to, on what color liturgical color to wear day? I, I also feel like some priests have, like, their own sign-off for a, a homily, which then other priests think that, like, that's the worst thing ever <laughs> to happen. So, are you a sign-off guy, Father? I don't have a sign-off, no. Okay. Um... My my uh, my grade school principal trying to imagine what father's sign off would be like. You get your homily done, you go, and that's the ticket. <laughs> and then you just walk. <laughs> my my grade school principal would say at the end of the day, um, when it's time to go load up the buses, he'd say, "All right, teachers, let's head them up and move them out." 
And I think that'd be a good way to sign off. I worked for a principal for the last 16 years, and he had been there 30 years, who signed off every time he did announcements with make it a great day. Make it a great day. Make it a great day. All right. Let's uh, do some dumb questions and make some dumb questions if I haven't already done that. (laughs) It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. Perfect. All right. Dumb questions. I had a couple of them here that, well, we, I already asked you who you say Jesus is. You nailed that one. Good job. Um, that was probably less dumb than most. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get there. Um, okay. So I, I went into this and made and. I went into this with the understanding from Father Patrick, so I blame him, uh, that you were an Old Testament professor, not New Testament. Were you at one point in time Old Testament or no? Oh, I wrote my license at the Biblical Institute in the Old Testament on the book of Exodus, but then I did the doctorate on Matthew, talk about Jesus as the new Moses. So kind of a both and. Where, where was that institute? The Pontifical Biblical Institute in Rome. Oh, you studied in yes. Rome? This is, we have this running joke with another uh, guest of ours who studied in Rome that he can't be on our podcast without casually oh, mentioning gosh. that he lived in Rome for three years. Oh, when I was living in Rome, no big yeah. deal, but we'll add you to the list. We'll, we'll just draw it out of you and then harass <laughs> All right, you about that's it. Um, well, so, okay, I want to focus on Isaiah yeah. in this reading because we, we talked about, like, I mean, speaking of the humble nature of Peter, like, talk about Isaiah in, the, in this reading. Like, Isaiah, uh, everybody get ready to plug plug your kids ears isaiah kind of is a badass in this reading like i really think like he is i i love how he's approaching this is that actually how he was or is this reading just a little more bold than others he was definitely that way he stood up to king hezekiah in uh, 701 when sennacherib of the assyrians threatened to uh conquer jerusalem hezekiah was going to capitulate or excuse me, Ahaz. Ahaz was going to capitulate, and Isaiah said, "Don't. If you capitulate, we will be ruined." So he had, he had the guts to stand up to the king, Ahaz. King Ahaz. Well, king, well Ahaz. Yeah. Like Ahaz, take on me. Um. <laughs> wait, but also, uh, just for for the listeners, not for me. Obviously, I know. But what is capitulate? I was getting ready, <laughs> getting ready to say, "Dear Siri, what the, does okay. capitulate mean?" <laughs> He basically that um, he that King Ahaz was going to concede, join sides with Assyria, was going to surrender without engaging in defeat. He was going to let go of his own people so that he could have political favor with the king of Assyria. And Isaiah said, no, 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 don't give up and don't give us away. Stand true, stand true and firm in the Lord and you'll see. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So, aha, I get it. Um, I'm glad you cleared that up for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for telling everybody else. We were over here. We had obviously we knew oh. what officially meant and understood the story, but for everybody else, we appreciate <laughs> that for sure. Um, okay. So you, I, I am curious. You grew up in the same parish as Father Patrick, That's right? Saint Clement of Rome. And oh, Rome. Oh gosh, here we go. Of Rome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, have you heard of it? Uh, I studied there. Went to, it was our parish. It was just a part of an automatic. Right. No, so are you two like the only two priests out of there? Or are there is there a large number of vocations that have come out of that parish? We've been very blessed to have a lot of vocations come from our home parish. I don't know the exact number. It's somewhere in the last 12 years, somewhere in the order of 9, 10. 
It's quite a few. Oh, wow. wow. And many religious vocations as well. We have a perpetual adoration chapel. We had a, a very kind, gentle, and holy pastor for about 20 years who was very keen in being in the grade school and being present. So all those forces combined, we're very blessed. We've had quite a few. That's awesome. And and I think the other thing that uh, Father shared with me that you guys have in common is you're also a twin. Indeed. Like he is. I am a twin. Gotcha. And then you said your twin brother has three boys under the age yes, of five. Yes, he does. Yes. And you and you get to live in Rome and celebrate noon masses for people <laughs> in their lunch breaks. <laughs> Got it. We, I think the listeners of our podcast know who is uh, living the tougher <laughs> vocation yes. out of the two of <laughs> Definitely my brother. Definitely. <laughs> um, all right. My last question. This is it's the end of the summer. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but I wanted to bring it back because the summer has kind of wrapped up and we hit Labor Day and, you know, that's that official end. But we have been asking priests all summer to tell as as a as a priest, when you're going in, when you're in training and you're going through seminary, oftentimes you get summer assignments. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that correct? In yes. St. Louis, I'm assuming. Um, so you're living in different seminaries or at a different parishes and doing this. And I feel like every priest has a hysterical summer seminarian story, some like absurd, ridiculous thing, or just funny thing that happened to them. We want to know what your, your favorite story from your summers as a uh, summer seminarian is. Okay. I would say, speaking of humility, it was definitely a Peter moment. I was (laughs) a deacon. I'd just been ordained a deacon and I got assigned to my home parish, St. Clement, to spend the summer there before going off. Same Clement, Clement yeah, that one. Before going back to Got that it. city for more language study, and I was all eager to start preaching. And I've been going to that parish since I was young. Everybody knows me. I gave a homily, thought I really nailed it, and I walked into the vestibule, the front area of the church, and started talking to the regulars about, "Hey, how was the homily?" And they were they were praising it and blah blah blah. And then this little old man walks <laughs> along the wall to try to avoid me, and I said to him, "Hey, Bill." And he just stops and said, how was my homily today? And he doesn't even make eye contact. He looks over to me and just goes, meh, and walks out. And I was like, <laughs> and of course, that everybody's laughing at me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I needed it. I needed the humility. Oh. That's, that's awesome. That's great. I think honestly, there are plenty, there are many more priests out there that could probably use some mess after mass. But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love if I would love to get to a point where as I was my rooted in education and I taught for 10 years and teacher observations were always a huge piece of education mm-hmm. and teaching. I always thought it would be awesome if there were uh, if there was a group in every diocese that was like secret shoppers that would go to masses and listen to homilies. And it was like a part of the diocesan plan to then like rate your homily kind of take some notes and give some grades That's a and great idea it, the, it is a great idea i know plenty of priests who would not like <laughs> it but they're the ones who probably yep. need it uh, or, or like rate my professor yes <laughs> rate, rate my rate my pastor rate my pastor <laughs> <laughs> all right scott and i need to go start a website sorry, sorry. wix.com uh no Father Sampson, thank you so much for joining us this has been a blast i laughed oh, wait first. i have one last oh, thing you say. got another Wait, I promised we we gained some listeners this oh. week when I was speaking at Theology on Tap. So did you? And I t- and they said they would listen more than one week if I gave them a shout out. Yeah. So I need to give a shout out to two wonderful young couples who came to Theology on Tap who live in Bloomington and 
came to hear, actually, I sat down with them and I said, what brings you guys here tonight? And they said, we just want to get more involved in the parish. And I said, you didn't come to hear the speaker. They're like, we have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> I was like, well, it's me. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dana, Tyler, Chris, and Sydney, I wanted to give them their shout out. Awesome. You've been heard. Amen. So, all right. Anyway, all right. sorry. Thanks again, Father well, Sampson. We, uh, as Jeff mentioned, he's going to book you again. Wait, so, sorry. I look forward to it. And please share this. We'll, we're going to tag uh, Kendrick Glennon Seminary and you. Right. Anybody, the Archdiocese of St. Louis, uh, St. Clements of Rome, all of Rome in general. We'll, we'll tag everybody in this post. All right. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm a simple Sunday.